You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas. Together we are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Always weighing a Freddie and Harry calling line, especially when it comes to being rational and irrational about Purdy. Brock Purdy, the 49ers quarterback. And why do you have a problem with his success? Triple eight say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Because if you ask Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, we don't have a problem with his success. But we're going to tell the truth, whether you like it or not, about why he's been able to do this, this way, having his team in a world championship game situation, Harry, in only his second year in the National Football League. Yeah, and I think that's the phenomenal part about it because we get so caught up in what we expect and want Brock Purdy to look like from the way he dresses into the stadium, from the, the way he plays the game of football on the football field because we're, we've been brainwashed as people to say, hey, it's supposed to look like Patrick Mahomes all the time. It's supposed to look like Josh Allen all the time. It's supposed to look like Joe Burrow. In actual reality, we just need to accept people for who they are and for the way they get things done, Mm -hmm. right? Brock Purdy, in the second season, he went to an NFC Championship game in year one, right? When he took over for Jimmy Garoppolo and also Trey Lance, both of those guys got hurt in the Miami game where Kyle Shanahan trusted him to throw the football 37 times. So he comes into his second season, and he, he has the best record in the NFC in that conference, and he makes a Super Bowl. And every all I keep hearing is everyone telling me about what Brock Purdy isn't. And instead of just praising him for being able to get things done and be in the situation that he's actually in. This is a guy who, in his first year, was a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. He stayed ready so he didn't have to get ready. He prepared as if he was the starter. Can we praise him for that? Can we praise him for in his second year facing adversity in the playoffs, being down twice, not once but twice, but being able to make the necessary plays for his football team to have an opportunity to win and make a Super Bowl? Well, Tom Brady, a guy who's won not one, not two, but seven Super Bowl championships, six with New England and one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When he's on the Pat McAfee show – this is what he had to say about a guy playing for a team that Tom Brady grew up rooting for when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers. I think Brock's done a great job with the opportunity. You know, he got it, and he's taken advantage of it. He was a late-round pick. I know he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he wants to go out there and prove every day that he's the right fit for that team. And there's a great, again, it's a great organization they're running. I really respect Kyle, but Brock's done a hell of a job. And, you know, I think in football, whether you're a free agent, I've heard so many draft stories from when I was drafted. Oh, I was a scout for the Packers at the time. And, oh, I was a scout for the Colts at the time. And had we taken you, and I think you can look at everything in football and say what if what if what if and the reality is I deal with what happened and the decisions that were made whether it was free agency for me whether it was signing contracts with the Patriots and you know in this last offseason there's a lot of different things that people would suggest but I kind of just kept my mind focused on where I wanted to go and again this was a great year for me to sit back and watch and learn and get prepared for being in the in the Fox booth next year 
Yeah, this is why I tell my kids when you or my nephew, when you have a book and you read it once, read it a second and third time. So hearing that for a second time, right, because yeah. we played it earlier into the mm-hmm. show. Uh, I don't know how I missed this the first time. Tom Brady literally just said, I respect Cal, but, but Brock Purdy has done a great job. That that says a lot to me. It says a lot to me because Tom Brady is a guy that was in the same situation as Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. and he took advantage of a situation. Mm-hmm. Now, Brock Purdy, I, I feel like, honestly, um, has done a massive job for being such a young quarterback and gaining the respect of his teammates, not only his teammates, but his coaching staff. Mm -hmm. That's not easy to do coming in with a football team that has been to NFC championship games and a Super Bowl prior to you arriving. Right. No doubt about that. And here's something else that a lot of people may may not want to think about when it comes to Brock Purdy, but especially with him on that stage about to play the big bad wolf known as Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City for a Super Bowl championship. I'm going to call this the Alex Smith Bowl because Alex Smith played for both of these teams with Kansas City and San Francisco. Almost got one a championship, but then he got injured. Colin Kaepernick takes San Francisco 49ers to that championship. And if his defense didn't fail him in that pay- playoff game against the Colts, they might have been able to get out of the AFC before Patrick Holmes was able to take over and take over the National Football League. If you're the National Football League, you don't have to worry about storylines involving Brock Purdy because now he has become a storyline based on how people have reacted to him one way or the other. For everybody that supports Brock Purdy, there are plenty of those that think, man, he ain't that good. Y'all making too much out of him. For everybody that says, this guy's better than you think. You need to give the, this guy his flowers, what he's been able to do with that 49ers football team because we know what it would sound like, Harry Douglas, if he wasn't able to. Well, why can't you make those plays, all those weapons? You got Chris McCaffrey, you got Debo Samuel, you got George Kittle. Man, just plug and play. Why can't you make those kind of plays? People will use anything they want to fit their agenda or their bias about somebody, positive or negative, however you feel, whatever you want to feel. But if you're the National Football League, man, this is just catnip. It's one thing to have the Kansas City Chiefs in that storyline. Now you got him, underdog story, playing for that organization that has won more than a couple of Super Bowls in their lifetime. And doing it on a stage like that, that's why the NFL is going, <laughs> in me power. Because over 100 million people watch NFL football over the weekend. Over 56 million watch the 49ers and the Lions. If you're a casual fan and you saw that from Brock Purdy in the second half, what makes people think that they may not want to tune in to see if he can take down Patrick Mahomes on the other side on the biggest stage in the world in football? Freddie, I believe you said it perfectly. On one side, you have Brock Purdy, who's the underdog, who a lot of people say, I need to see more, Mm -hmm. right? So they want to see if he's going to be able to do it against a Steve Spagnola defense who was able to dictate and not allow Lamar Jackson to look like the MVP of the league in which he was the entire season, Mm -hmm. no doubt. right? On the other hand, you have a lot of people that wants to see how was this tandem of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey going to fare up against this 49ers defense? And can they win two in a row? Can they win their third in the last six years? So you have storylines across the board when it comes to this football team. Can Kyle Shanahan finally get it done? Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, the son of Mike Shanahan, who had Ed McCaffrey on his team and brought him over to Denver. And, and, and now he has Ed McCaffrey's son, Christian McCaffrey, on the football team who's going to be playing in this Super Bowl. We're talking about a father's son that could win a Super Bowl with the same organization. Wow. 
for I think it may be the second time, maybe second or third time in history. I completely if forgot, I'm not mistaken. I completely forgot that Evan McCaffrey was on that 49ers team in '94. Yep, and when that, and, and when Mike went to Denver, yep. he brought Ed McCaffrey over there with him, mm-hmm. and they went back to back championships. Yeah, no doubt about that. Good stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie coming together, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Maybe the problem you have with, my, with Brock Purdy just might be you as the problem. What do you got to say about being rational, irrational when it comes to his success? two years in his NFL career, and he and the San Francisco 49ers are playing for a world championship in 12 days. Joe in Texas at 888-729-3776. Joe, cool what you got, my friend? Hey, brother, this is uh, first and foremost, I want to say I don't like the 49ers, and I don't like Kansas City. After putting that out, okay. Brock Purdy is doing exactly what a quarterback's supposed to do, and everybody criticizes him. Okay. But someone that's a wide receiver that throws the ball, he's the greatest, and you're not going to criticize him. He's Dak Prescott of the AFC. Who's that? You need to give flowers to uh, who's the running back that's MVP. It's choked in the past years, and the past two years, uh, Brock Purdy has bring him to the, a- to the Super Bowl, uh, AFC Championship and the Super Bowl as a quarterback. How many years has... Uh, Lamar Jackson's been in NFL. Well, Lamar Jackson, hold, hold, hold on, stay there, Joe, real quick. Um, let me school you on something. Lamar Jackson played quarterback in College of Louisville and won a Heisman Trophy, and he's been a quarterback and about to be a two-time MVP playing quarterback. He's never played wide receiver in his life in football because he's a quarterback in high school and he's a quarterback in college, won a Heisman Trophy, and he's been a quarterback in the NFL. They didn't move him from wide receiver to quarterback, Joe. You may not like the way he plays the position, but I'm not going to have you put that out there that he's a wide receiver playing quarterback when he's never played wide receiver in his life, in his football life, brother. He's a running quarterback. How many championships do running quarterbacks have? None. Okay, hold on. Let me school you on that one then. Steve Young was a running quarterback and won it for the San Francisco 49ers in 94, and he ran the ball a lot for the San Francisco 49ers. Roger Starback was a running quarterback who could throw the football for the Dallas Cowboys. Won two championships in the 1970s. And if we want to stay with the running quarterback. <laughs> Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a running quarterback who has not made a Super Bowl championship. Patrick Mahomes has been known to run the ball a little bit to make first downs. Like Brock Purdy did in the second half. Last time I checked, he's got two championships. So don't use the running quarterback idea and say you can't win with a running quarterback in the NFL when we've had plenty of instances of guys that have actually done that in the history of the National Football League, Joe. Hope. Lamar Jackson choke. Get on it. No, 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 are- no. Hold on a second. You can say Lamar Jackson choke. Whether I agree or disagree with you, I'm fine with that. But don't use the running quarterback as your argument why he choked. Just say he didn't play well against Kansas City because he didn't play well. And I'm with you on that one. But don't use the running quarterback as your argument why he can't win a championship or not succeeding. I'm not buying that, Joe. Well, Fred, Freddie, you, you, you beat me to the punch because... Joe, it's okay to say Lamar Jackson didn't live up to his capabilities and he didn't play well. Absolutely. But Which we've not, said the last couple exactly. of days, by the way. But what we're not going to allow is for you to make a mockery of Lamar Jackson yeah. when he's about to win his second MVP. Yeah. And he's gotten better. Because I can honestly sit up here and say, well, hell, I wish he would have ran more on Sunday. It, gonna, it, it may have been a different outcome. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. the most ironic part about this whole thing is that if he used his legs more, they probably would have won. Yes. The, the possibility is there. <laughs> you're not going to use that narrative. You don't like Lamar Jackson for whatever reason, that's fine. I'm not going to criticize or question how you feel. But you're not going to throw that kind of innuendo up here, why he didn't succeed or has not succeed. Because, to be completely honest with you, the fact that they had the best team in the National Football League in the regular season. His stats were more than comparable with anybody else throwing and running the football. You're not going to use that. He didn't play wide receiver in high school and college, and then they flipped him to being a quarterback. 
eh, you're not going to do that on this network, and, and you're not going to do that on this show. We got to understand in today's game, you have to have a mobile quarterback, right? Uh, that's what we've seen from Brock Purdy. Uh, we also have seen that from Patrick Mahomes. Those two guys are going to be mm-hmm. playing and contending for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? If you don't have a mobile quarterback in today's game, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult to yeah. win because you need a quarterback when plays break down mm-hmm. that understands how to or and knows how to improvise yeah. Yeah. when things aren't ideal like you drew it up on that paper in the meeting room. The trampling off your example, there were a couple of times that Jared Goff could run for a first down, but he couldn't do it. And he had to throw the football. Yeah, the one was dropped, but the other one he missed the guy down the field. If Brock Purdy doesn't make those three running plays for first downs in the second half, you know who's playing in the Super Bowl? The Detroit Lions for the first time ever yep. against the Kansas City Chiefs. We'd have gotten a game that happened at the beginning of the year that would have ended the year between Detroit and Kansas City. So you're not going to do that and criticize running quarterbacks where you got to be able at a certain point to make plays with your legs. Hell, Tom Brady did it a couple of times. And he a statue moved faster than Tom Brady. But even he <laughs> knew when to make a kind of play with his legs once in a while. So you're not having that narrative. And think that's going to fly in this show. Robin, North Carolina, 888-729-3776 on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Robbie, Rob, what you got about Purdy, Brock Purdy and the narrative? Hey, thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. By far, the best radio show on radio thank and you, television. By thank far. you, brother. <laughs> thank you. My question for you is this. What would the narrative be if Brock Purdy was a late first-round pick versus Mr. Irrelevant? Oh, I got you right here. Brock Purdy is amazing. We can't believe. Oh, no, we can believe it. He was a first-round draft pick. We knew it all along. Great question. Rock out with your Brock out. (laughs) Everybody would be saying it. But the simple fact that he was the last pick in the NFL draft, he was missing irrelevant. People want to be on their soapbox, and they Mm -hmm. want to view through their little lenses that Brock Purdy has to look like a first-round drafted quarterback instead of just appreciating appreciating him for what he's been able to do in the National Football League in this first two years not for nothing Tom Brady went through the same thing the beginning of his run with the Patriots when he first came on the scene man that guy's not that good man Bill Belichick made that guy man you guys are making way too much out of Tom Brady then he kept doing it and doing it just like the great hip-hop song LL Cool J he was doing it and doing it and doing it well doing it and doing it and doing it well he was doing it and doing it and doing it well I was raised in San Francisco but I made my name in New England that was Tom Brady <laughs> he went through the same kind of beginning where people said you guys are giving that dude way too much love and yet things are different because in this day and age everybody has so many different platforms either on social media TV shows radio shows that you hear that noise a lot more than you would have heard about Tom Brady but I remember hearing that when Tom Brady first got started. I said, I don't know, man. That, that guy may have something. Of course, you didn't see six championships with the Patriots or seven overall. Nobody saw that. And I don't know, Brock Purdy, how many championships is he going to win or not going to win? I have no idea. The future has not rang my phone to tell me exactly what's going to happen as far as that goes. But that narrative was kind of similar when Tom Brady started his run with the New England Patriots. And people said, man, I don't know. When he got the championship number three and kept taking out Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning that's when that stopped. If he's able to beat a Patrick Mahomes, maybe a little bit of that narrative, Harry, may slow down a little bit with Brock Purdy. And, and that's what I can't wait to see on Super Bowl Sunday. I want to see how is Brock Purdy going to be able to fare up against a Steve Spagnolo defense because you know he's going to come with a flavor of the day or a flavor of the day or two. Right, he's gonna have a few things up his sleeves because when anytime you have two weeks to prepare for a game of this magnitude, mm-hmm. you're able to work on something differently. You you probably haven't worked on all season sure. because you have ample time to do so. But I would throw it across at Kyle Shanahan. Well, w- w- 
What's your answer going to be to something that, you know, Steve Spagnolo does from a defensive coordinator position because you're the play caller for the San Francisco 49ers? You can't go in there with just the same old, same old. Yes, you have your baseline things, but you need to be able to counter for some of the things that you may be presented from the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Percy in California, 888-729-3776. Percy, what is your narrative about the Brock Purdy 49ers quarterback early success narrative? Freddie, Harry, you guys keep me tight, my brothers. Appreciate you, Percy. I appreciate you. So I want to give you a quick pedigree real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm from Detroit. I went to my first Lions game when I was five years old in 1964. Wow. My father and my uncle took me to Old Tiger Stadium. I froze my tail off <laughs> eating hot roasted peanuts, and I've been a Lions fan hooked ever since. That's my pedigree. Wow. Now I'm 64. I watched my team, the Lions, go to San Francisco in the biggest game that we've been in since I was 34. And I watched Brock Purdy do something to my Lions that I really didn't appreciate. 24 to 7, he comes out in the second half and he's masterful. I don't care where you get drafted. I have four sons and I taught all my sons this. You need to understand one thing. Challenges don't make you who you are. They reveal who you are. And now I'm going to watch Brock Purdy go to the Super Bowl. And I hear a lot of people, Harry, I hear a lot of people, Freddie, say, we don't know how he looks. I'll tell you how he looks. He looks like we're going to see him in Vegas in two weeks. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I love that from Percy because – Standing O from Percy in California. I, I, when I got drafted to the Atlanta Falcons, I played for a guy in Mike Smith. And, and when I was in Tennessee, uh, when Coach Mike Malarkey took over as the head coach, they didn't care where you were drafted or how much money you made. Mm-hmm. They were going to play the guy that was best suited for the job. Absolutely. And I think that's what, the way it should be. Now, Brock Purdy was a guy that I give a lot of credit to because he was third-string quarterback. When the opportunity presented itself, he never gave the job back. The San Francisco 49ers moved up to number three, y'all, to draft Trey Lance. Do y'all understand how many first-round draft picks they gave up to move up to that spot? Just to say, Brock Purdy is our guy. We're going to trade Trey Lance, and we're not going to force anything to happen that we know probably isn't going to happen. That says a lot to me. Mm -hmm. It really does. Because I'll tell you this. If this was 25 years ago, Trey Lance would have had to play himself out of that position again. I agree with you. Basically what you just said, they had placed too much collateral to go get that young man out of North Dakota State because he did look the part. And more often than not, you could have been that backup quarterback unless you were a first-round pick they traded for and you became the backup quarterback. Brock Purdy could have lit that place up like he did at times last year, and he would have never been able to get that job because the old line was, you can't lose your job through injury. And when Trey Lance got injured, then Jimmy Garoppolo got in there, then he got injured. Then Brock Purdy is able to take advantage of that opportunity and become the starting quarterback. If this is 25 years ago, mm-mm, I'd go back to Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady, when he started his run, got injured in the AFC Championship game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Drew Bledsoe comes in that ball game, Harry. He led them to victory on the road against Pittsburgh. And people literally telling Bill Belichick, you got to stick with Drew Bledsoe. And he said, nope. Tom Brady's starting quarterback. It, it's amazing. 25 years later, that's reversed completely. Injured, Brock Purdy get in there. He's better than what those two guys are. You get to keep that job because you earned that opportunity. And when that opportunity came up, 
you know, those guys got injured. But look how we looked the minute you got into that line as a starting quarterback. I really just wanted to sink in into people's mind. Do you know what the San Francisco 49ers could have done with those three first-round draft picks mm-hmm. that they gave up for Trey Lance and decided to turn around and say, we're not going to force something to happen that we don't think is going to happen. We're going to allow Brock Purdy to be our, our, our quarterback of the future. Yeah. Kitten, y'all, the proof is in the pudding, folks. <laughs> Why are we so blinded by something that the San Francisco 49ers felt like was right for them? Because he looks like a Sunday school teacher and not somebody that looks like the kind of guy say, that's my quarterback, that's my man, that's my team. He doesn't look the part, but he plays the part pretty well, whether people want to hear that or not, when it comes to Brock Purdy, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. But he's in a place where Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, and Dan Campbell, the quarterback, coach of the Ravens, and coach of the Lions, respectively, where they had a chance but are not there. So how much criticism should those three men get for not having their teams get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl? We'll get to that next on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together. And Freddie and Harry, thanks for joining us on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I always tell you, smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Ten minutes away from why would you turn down an NFL head coaching job when the team is going to fly out to interview you for a set NFL coaching job? That comes your way in about ten minutes. By the way, keep weighing in at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. On the Freddie and Harry call-in line, what is the most insufferable fan base in the NFL if their team starts winning like we've seen the Kansas City Chiefs do in the last six years? We'll take your calls at 888-729-3776. Speaking of a guy like Harry Douglas who played in the National Football League, he's Andrew Hawkins, does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on Twitter at Hawk and catch him on NFL Live as well as on Get Up. That happens Monday through Friday on ESPN from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time. I'm going to start with Brock Purdy, Andrew, when it comes to so many people having a problem with his success, saying that, the team is better than him or whatever that is, whatever the narrative has been. If I ask Andrew Hawkins, what would his narrative be about Brock Purdy? What would your answer be and why? 
I say he's an overachiever who's a who's a baller and one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't care what system he plays in. I've talked about this with both of you guys before. The NFL is a hard place to make plays no matter where you come in at, whether you're a first overall pick or you're an undrafted free agent. We should be applauding Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy for what he's done in such a short stint. I mean, he only played five games last season. This year is his first full year as a starter, and he's putting up numbers as good as any quarterback that has played in those systems. If you look at his second-year numbers and compare them to Joe Burrow's second-year numbers, in the same system, different coaches, but the same system, we talk about Brock Purdy completely different. And honestly, it is a little unfair. So, Hawk, I got to ask you this because – do you believe that we as people, just overall in general, we're so accustomed to seeing it a certain way, right? A first-round draft pick being able to lead his football team, and we're not accustomed to seeing uh, the last pick in the NFL draft and Mr. Irrelevant. So, so has that been able to cloud a lot of people's mind and their viewpoint on Brock Purdy, uh, allowing them not to accept Brock Purdy for who he is and what he's done because they have in their mind and their imaging that it's supposed to be like Patrick Mahomes. It's supposed to be like the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. Absolutely. That's absolutely the case. And even it's like that in NFL circles. When you're a first-round pick, your leash is a lot longer than that of an undrafted free agent. Things aren't equal. And I think viewers of football have watched Brock Purdy and what he's able to do. And because he doesn't look like the prototypical quarterback, because he wasn't some highly touted guy from a, a national championship college team, they automatically assume it can't be him. There's no way everybody could have missed here. But the reality is, once you get to the league, it's not about potential anymore. It's about what are you doing with that opportunity. And when you watch Brock Purdy, regardless of the numbers, regardless of what you think of the system, the final moment of last week's game, the final moment of the Packers game, the final moment of the Browns game, which was their first big loss this season, where they needed points, and he drove down the field and put them in position. That clutch gene that when the game is on the line and you can put the game in his hands, that's what's rare about Brock Purdy. Andrew Hawkins will play in the NFL like my man Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at Hawk. Joining us as ESPN NFL analyst on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The team that he was able to vanquish by having that terrific second half were the Detroit Lions. Plenty of people taking Dan Campbell to task for decisions that did not work out in the second half. Andrew, these are also the same people that when he was making these decisions that worked, man, what a gutty, what a guy that represents his culture, all that stuff. If I say how much criticism does he really deserve by the way things turned out after having that 17-point lead at halftime, Andrew, what is your answer? uh, He deserves as much criticism as you would have given him credit had it worked out in his favor. Um, He's a risky coach, and I think that's what the team has, like, rallied around. Aggressive, um, but there's there's two sides to that coin, and I think we saw the other side of it. If it was me, I, I didn't mind the first go at the fourth down. The second one with the situation and the way it was, I would have liked to see him go for a field goal in that moment, and not because I know the analytics say it's 50-50 and you, know, you can get more points above expected and all those things, but I think there's real people on the sideline, and I've been on sidelines where you're down a score – and you elect to go for it, and now you know that other team has the potential to go up two scores, it does affect you. It does affect how you play the game. 
it does affect that unwritten, you know, hey, do I really believe that we can pull this off? And in that moment, I would have liked to see him tie it up and allow his team to fight. But, again, they may not be there if that wasn't his perspective and, and the way that he goes about the football game in general. So, Hawk, I want to stick with that second fourth down decision because I've been trying to paint the picture and, and, and take our listeners through a lens of being a formal player. And you can touch on this as well. When you look at the previous three possessions, right, when you don't get it on fourth and two because of a drop pass by Josh Reynolds, you have Jameer Gibbs fumble on the next possession. And then a third and 10 situation because of the drop pass by Josh Reynolds again, right? And you're looking at all those things, Trent, uh, um, transpiring in a football game for the Detroit Lions, you say to yourself, okay, at some point I got to read the room. And I understand the way I have been this entire season, but touch on how humanly deflating it is for an offensive player to drive down the football that many times and come away with zero points in which the last fourth down you didn't get it. That was four drives in a row. I mean, it's the definition of getting everything out of your team. And, again, I, I, I know, I understand the probability, the statistics. I also understand that the, the field goals were not guaranteed gimmies either. But to your point, Harry, it is hard to put in the words what that feeling is like on a sideline. And you can feel it. Like, people can feel momentum in games. You can feel when a team really doesn't, you know, have that extra oomph to them. And some of that is based on the situation. Think about it like this. We play with quarterbacks that we felt like couldn't get it done, you are not getting the max out of your offensive unit. But when you have a guy that you know can make the play, you know can make the throw, you know can put you in a situation where you can win a football game, there's just an extra pep to your step. And to your point, when you start to see the trajectory of the game go in the other team's favor, at some point you have to stop the bleeding to keep the overall morale of your team one of hope. Great stuff by Andrew Hawkins, ESPN NFL analyst on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hit him on Twitter at Hawk. When it comes to criticism and Lamar Jackson, the way he played Sunday for the Baltimore Ravens versus the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, where do you stand on that, Hawk? I, I mean, they didn't come to play. They, did, they didn't play their best game in the moment they needed it the most. Um, not only because it was the AFC Championship, but because they're playing the best quarterback on planet Earth. And that is, that is Patrick Mahomes. And you know, I, I think that everybody is warranted in their criticism of the Baltimore Ravens. You know, and I won't say everybody because some people have been saying it's over and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a failure to Lamar. I think the Baltimore Ravens, you know, at one point in this season, I don't think any of us expected them to be as good as they showed that they were, especially against the better teams. And I also think that's the reason for such a the disappointment. We've seen the Baltimore Ravens bring their A game against the best teams. And for whatever reason, they didn't stick with the game plan that got them there. And I think that is a testament to the, the superpower that is Mahomes. Like, he made that offense change the way they played. He made the defense change the way they played. He, they could have took their belief away. And once they kind of had it in their mind that Patrick Mahomes was going to Patrick Mahomes, they started to press. And it was very clear in, in, in the result of the football game. All right, Hawk, let's have a little fun here now with this next one. Mm -mm. Which NFL fan base, in your opinion, would be the most insufferable if their team started winning like the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, most insufferable, whew, it would have to be the Browns or the Cowboys. 
Um, <laughs> and I'm a and I'm a Browns fan, so that's why I know for sure. I, I know I would be insufferable if the Browns all of a sudden turned into a dynasty. And the Cowboys fans, I mean, they're insufferable taking first round L's in the wild card. I can't imagine mm-hmm. that they got back to prominence what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. Hawk, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I could not co-sign with you enough about Dallas Cowboys fans, <laughs> seriously, because they're insufferable now. And our team has not won since 1996. If they went on a run like Kansas City, I can't even imagine what that would sound like. But who would be more insufferable? Cowboys fans if they won or Harry Douglas if his Falcons started winning? <laughs> uh, Harry going to bring his A-game, man. Harry might be enough insufferable for the entire Cowboys fan base. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You damn right. Wow. I'm, okay. acting, I'm acting up. <laughs> On every platform I have, I'm acting up. Oh, my goodness. I guess the truth will set us free. As far as that goes from Andrew Hawkins, ESP NFL analyst, great follow on Twitter. Hawk, we always love talking football with him. He did a great job of it, as usual, on Freddie and Harry. Andrew, always appreciate you, my friend. Take care. Be willing to talk to you soon. Appreciate you, fellas. I can't believe he said that. And Harry's like, yeah, <laughs> me. I believe it. I'm that guy, as far yeah. as that goes. Put it this way. I don't blame when fans get like that. If your team has never won or they've been close but were never able to grab that brass ring, I'm going to allow for obnoxiousness to take on a different level. I'm completely good with that. And in the case of your Falcons, who have never won a Super Bowl, and when they got there, they had that loss with the New England Patriots. I I think anybody should allow that as long as they're not taunting or anything like that. So if you're going to go beyond that line, I'm completely good with it in that case with the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think the people – the listeners really understand uh-huh. what the Philadelphia Phillies did for the world by beating my Braves this year. Because if the Braves would have won the World Series, uh-huh. ladies and gentlemen, yeah. it would have been on like popcorn. I'm telling you now. See, that was not the lesser two evils for me as a Mets fan. Having the Phillies and Atlanta Braves together in a playoff series, I didn't root for a soul. I didn't care who won. <laughs> I really didn't. It was one of those like, oh, they won. Yeah. Well, the Phillies, who cares? That's how I was with both of those teams in my division. And my team that was, quote-unquote, in the beginning of the year supposed to challenge and did nothing by July, yeah, I didn't have a rooting interest in that series, either one of those teams at all. Mets? Exactly. M-E-T-S, must end the season. And boy, did they by the time July rolled around. Speaking of vocal fan bases, that brings us to the New York Knicks. You know they're going to be vocal on Saturday night as the Knicks without Julius Randle, but still with Jalen Brunson. They host the Los Angeles Lakers. All that presented by Indeed. Coverage from Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. Begins at 8 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So you have a chance to become an NFL head coach, and you decide to stay as an offensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions. What went into that regarding Ben Johnson and that situation? We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is what we get for saying, oh, yeah, that guy's going to get that job. You'd think we would have learned that the Bill Belichick not getting the Atlanta Falcons job. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on SiriusXM Channel 80 and also your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio because it seemed that Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, I'm thinking, yeah, hearing those reports, Washington Commanders, good fit, second pick in the NFL draft, brand new ownership, you have a chance to start your own canvas, use whatever paint you want to when it comes to Ben Johnson, and he decided to stay with the Detroit Lions and still be their offensive coordinator, then take on the potential job of being a head coach in the NFL with the Washington Commanders. That's what sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. He also took us up out of the running when it came to the Seattle Seahawks. So John Kime, ESPN Commanders reporter, when he was on Carlin versus Joe, why did he decide to say, you know what? Not this time, not me. Going into the coaching process, it was there are a lot of guys that they like. And there was nobody who was that far ahead as Adam Peters was in the GM search. Having said that, I do believe that he probably was at the top of their list. And I say probably because I just, but I do think that he was at the top of their list. The people in the league that you would talk to all kept pointing to Johnson joining Washington. So I don't, you know, that's why I say I do think that he was their preferred guy. I would say mm. this. There's a few things when it comes to this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, when you look at Ben Johnson, you look at the Detroit Lions. Sometimes people just want to finish a job or, okay. you know, be in a better situation moving forward. Okay. And if I'm the Washington Commanders, Ben Johnson would have been at the top of my list because you do have the second overall pick and you have an opportunity to take a quarterback in those regards. But also, what if Ben Johnson is looking at 2025? What if the New York Giants job comes open or the Dallas Cowboys job or the Philadelphia Eagles or the Mm. Jets or the Saints? Okay. What if he feels like those are better situations? Now, I understand when you have an opportunity, you might want to take it. Right. But what if he believes so much in his philosophy and what he's been able to do as the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions that he feels like there's going to be opportunities every year he is the OC for Detroit? Yeah, I didn't think about that at all because you're Ben Johnson and you see the NFL landscape. And it can be very easy for people to say, man, you got to take those jobs are pressures. You got to take that job. You have a chance to really set up your whole your own system with essentially a brand-new football team, even though the commanders are not a brand-new team in the National Football League. But just because that situation is there doesn't mean that you should be the guy. <laughs> that should step in and, and, and try to right those Freddie, wrongs. 
I'm, and talking to a lot of recent head coach to, coaches that have been able to get jobs, when a lot of these guys go on these interviews, if you're a coach and you have any doubt in your mind that that job is not for you, Absolutely. you just don't take it right. because everyone else suggests that you take it. Well, if yeah. you have any doubt in your mind, mm-hmm. hey, I'm good. Yeah. Well, according to Adam Schefter, what sources told him that the asking price from Ben Johnson was too high. and That was too rich for the blood of the Washington Commanders and also the Seattle Seahawks. And a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, is Joy DeVito, listen to Hudson Valley. When he DJ parties, if there was a party that he did not want to DJ, he said, Freddie, I would set the price right there because I knew if that was too rich for their blood, they wouldn't match it, and I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> he said, now, they said, sure, no problem. He said, oh, you're going to get the best party you possibly can at that. Maybe that asking price, Ben Johnson, man, I'm going to ask for this price. I don't think those two situations are right for me. Now, if they match it, I'd be a fool not to take that money and go there. Maybe he put that as a shelf point that they just had to reach up on that shelf to say, yeah, we'll plug Ben Johnson with the Detroit Lions tree. Then he's like, okay, they, they met my price. Now I'm going to make this work. I think you may be on to something in terms of better potential opportunities could be there because there always seems to be the case in the National Football League every year in the coaching carousel. When you look at the Dallas Cowboys and how Mike McCarthy has one year left on his deal, Mm -hmm. and we also know Jerry Jones likes to have a guy that isn't overbearing, isn't that strong, strong alpha male. Well, Ben Johnson is 37 years old, about to be 38 in May. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and we know how Howie Roseman feels, and also Jeffrey Lurie, uh, this is the last limb for Nick Sirianni, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So if that job becomes available, could you imagine Ben Johnson calling plays for a guy like uh, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, Mm -hmm. right? So when you look at head just because it looks phenomenal and the ideal situation in our eyes right if it doesn't look like the ideal situation for the person who's actually sure. uh, a, a contestant for the job i hear you then you don't take it because you look at the talent the detroit lions have with those two running backs amon ross st brown and laporta at tight and wives in tight and respectively and they're going to add and they're going to add they got that offensive line they just got to an nfc championship game it can be very easy to say do i really want to start over or do I want to make sure that wherever I go, because I'm still going to be a hot coaching commodity next year, especially if the Lions get back to the playoffs and that offense does not suffer a drop in production when it comes to them. He's going to be even more attractive with potential better offenses and better players in that offensive system and not have to essentially start over hoping that you can have the quarterback that can make that work. If you decide to go to Washington or that Geno Smith can be the Geno Smith we saw in 2022, that we didn't see as much in 2023 for the Seattle Seahawks. No, I, I agree with you. So, uh, life lesson, right? Just because, ladies and gentlemen, we feel like it's a situation for yeah. someone to take mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's the ideal situation from their lens. Yeah, by the way, Eminem is really glad that Ben Johnson, yes, that Eminem, he's really glad Ben Johnson's not leaving his Detroit Lions. For those who don't know, Eminem from the state of Michigan, he said, guess I should stop recording this diss track, LOL. Ben Johnson, thank you for staying. We can't break this team up, especially since I'm on it. Coach Campbell, we love you, bro. Let's run it back next year. I'm ready. I promise you, I will get us to the Super Bowl. I do know one thing, though. What's that? Ben Johnson not leaving, no go. <laughs> well done. Well done. Spot on. I didn't, I didn't realize Eminem played running back for the Detroit Lions. He promised that he'll get him back to the Super Bowl. I didn't realize Eminem <laughs> had that kind of game. Are the Kansas City Chiefs the new New England Patriots? Who said that? Well, we'll tell you next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. 
You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.